Morning Liberty. Well, hello, all you crazy cats and kittens. Welcome to... <laughs> I can't even do that. I gotta redo. Do it. Just keep going, man. Don't even. No, don't you even no, stop. I gotta redo. Don't you even stop right now? I'm. I'm gonna stop. Don't. You can't do it. We have to keep going. This is live. Okay. <laughs> this is live. This is live. If you say something stupid, you just gotta own it. All you all right? crazy no cats and kittens. Yeah, which technically they're all cats. <laughs> You're still just gonna say cats. No, but. welcome back to the Good Morning Liberty podcast. I'm one of the hosts here. Charlie Chuck Thompson, we are we're building the tiger farm as we speak right now. I've got people <laughs> out in the back, you know, because I've got plenty of money during this yeah. <laughs> pandemic, you know, and so we just can't, uh, you know, we can't just uh, spend not enough have, money. How are you going to not have cats? Yeah, exactly. I mean, now that we know they're so cheap, this here this whole time, <laughs> I thought that it was super expensive. Yeah, and you can get yourself a good cat for. Thousand bucks or so, two, about two thousand dollars. Two thousand, not bad. Like that. That's not too yeah. bad. Now I bet the demand is probably higher now since Tiger King came out. So you're probably yeah. looking, you know, if you would have bought it two thousand, then I bet it's gone up some. So, you know, that was kind of the threshold. But anyway, this is the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. Thank you guys for joining. Again, I'm Charlie Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, from across the crusty Pay Lakes, is Nathaniel Paul Thurston. Sometimes people call him Nate. I don't know why, but uh, I guess I guess he goes with that. So anyway, man, you, you can call me Nate, Nathaniel, or Nathan. Yeah, actually not Nathan. Call I've me had, Nate or Nathaniel. I wanted That's to it. apologize because I've had some up and downs with this um, with this whole COVID thing. I don't know if I actually have it still. We're still waiting on test results, which is insane. Um, but uh, it's just so, it's such a weird thing because I'll have days where I feel great, like today, and then yesterday I felt pretty good in the morning. And then as the afternoon went on, just worse and worse. Same thing happened Friday. Really, I'm just calling in sick to my own business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I needed to I needed to get some rest, and I, I feel better today. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. But anyway, um, thank you guys for listening and subscribing, and we'll try to keep this going. We do say that we we do this show every single day, every single day of the week, when we want to. And sometimes when you're not feeling good, that when we want to part kicks in. And you're not able to put one out, but uh, please subscribe to the podcast. We've got some cool things coming your way. We always have had cool things, but there's even more. Nate and I were talking about some different stuff that we're working on. And we're not ready to announce it yet, but uh, you guys need to stay tuned, which means you need to hit that subscribe button, running that sip and scan code and uh, hit that subscribe button. There's nothing better that you can do, especially during this pandemic. Yeah, we've seen 92% of the devices uh, that listen to this podcast have subscribed. They are subscribed. So we're talking to you eight percenters out there that are listening and have not hit that button yet. Get with the program, okay? It's not that hard. You just hit a button. That's all you got to do. If you're on if you're on Spotify, you hit follow or whatever the heck Spotify people do. I don't really know. And yeah, hit that. We got a new episode every single day of the week when we want to about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. And we've just got a couple hilarious stories today about this whole stimulus. We, we got this, uh, this amazing stimulus package that's going to save the world for a month, and it's, it's really going to help. And what's happening with it so far is we're finding out, <clears throat> as you can see by the title of the episode, as you can see by the title of the episode, the government cannot even handle giving away free money. 
efficiently. They actually haven't been able to do it yet, and they can't they can't figure out how. So, so wait, Nate, you haven't gotten your check yet? No check for me yet. <clears throat> no, no check. Yeah, and you're I'm married, so you guys that. would have the, so much money. You could literally hundo. Yeah, you could buy a cat with that. I could buy. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. Cat money. Yeah, Get some of that Trump that Trump cat money coming <laughs> that's in. That's what it is. So that's good. But they, you they. They timed the release of, of Tiger King for when everyone would have roughly $2,000 per family. And I, I know that's what it was, for sure. This is all one giant scheme, for sure. Yeah. All because Carol Baskins killed her husband. And it's, so, and that's it. And that's and why now we're going to, there's going to be all kinds of tiger farms all over the place. And we're going to, we're going to tear down that old rescue place because we can't have murderers <laughs> running things like that. No, you know, no, big we cat rescue. We, Sorry if I ruined you know, the, it for everyone. Look, it's been out for a couple of weeks now, and I've been telling you guys to go watch it. If you haven't yet, and I just ruined something for you, you know, I'm not even sorry. Actually, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, honestly, it's on them by now. It's on you. So let's go going with some of the news. This is pretty. This is pretty funny to me. I, I when I was reading this, and now this is from Reuters, and. I don't think they're a libertarian organization, but it just feels like uh, this is kind of a, a backhanded libertarian article, or at least it is, and they don't realize that it is. Uh, so a lot of people will take this as, well, we just need better people running the government. Isn't that always the answer? We just need better people running the government. We need our leaders in charge. We need the people that we like to be running things, and they would do it perfectly. So this is what happens. This is from Reuters. It's called the wobbly U.S. fiscal response could deepen coronavirus recession. You don't say. All right. From Washington, the U.S. government's massive effort to nurse the economy through the coronavirus crisis was billed as send money and don't sweat the details flood of cash to people and business in a $22 trillion system that has ground to a halt. $22 trillion. So far, the checks are not in the mail. By the way, this is April 8th. The checks are not in the mail. I mean, Mnuchin said, the guy said that they would be there in a couple of weeks, you know, within a week yeah. or two, you'd have them. Yeah. Apparently well, not. Unfortunately, they're, they're running into unforeseen issues that everyone, uh, that no one saw coming unless you were, I guess, a libertarian. Then you would have seen these issues coming. So it says, so far, the checks are not in the mail. From technological glitches to confusion over the fine points of policy, the delays are mounting. The federal government's muddled response risks deepening and lengthening the recession, already historic for the speed of its onset. States are struggling to process a historic mountain of unemployment claims on the outdated technology. Large corporations, including companies slammed by the social distancing edicts, keeping people at home, remain in the dark on the details of the promised loans. Small businesses by the millions are desperately seeking cash while banks still lack the right paperwork days into the lending program. Making matters worse, the original $2.3 trillion in aid was passed by Congress late last month isn't nearly enough, the businesses warn. And we all know there's going to be more bills. We've been yeah, talking don't this fear. Is, don't fear because it's coming. It's like one of six that they're going to be passing to do this. So don't think this is the only one. Every day that passes without federal money getting the people is an unnecessary hit to businesses and households across the U.S., said Gregory Daco, the U.S. economist at Oxford Economics. It says fast law, slow, slow execution. 
speed was considered of the essence when the so-called CARES Act became law on March 27th. Ooh, speed. So when you're having the government do something and speed is of the essence, hmm, wonder how that's going to go. Committing the $2.3 trillion to make up for the wages and incomes lost after Americans were ordered to stay at home to control the spread of the novel coronavirus. It was a rare moment of bipartisanship in Washington. It's not that rare when they're talking about spending a bunch of money, by the way. They typically no. will come together and be bipartisan on that. With both liberal and conservative economists mostly agreeing this was not the time to argue philosophical points about moral hazard, misplaced incentives, or the dangers in public debt. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't read that paragraph yet. Oh, my God. Let me say that again. Both liberal and conservative economists mostly agreeing this is not the time to argue philosophical points about moral hazard, misplaced incentives, or the dangers of public debt. It's not the time to talk about that. The, some other time. Some yeah. other time down the road, that's when we should talk about those things later. We should go ahead and pass it, increase it, yeah. just keep going. It doesn't matter how many people we kill on the back end. We'll talk about talk the philosophical about, points then. Yeah. So it says, but theory and practice, theory and practice have diverged. States have struggled just with the sheer volume of unemployment claims, which rocketed from about a couple hundred thousand a week in what was an era of historically low unemployment to millions at a time. More than half, including California, New York, and Pennsylvania, still rely on decades old mainframe systems based on the COBOL language first Cobol. introduced in night. The COBOL language first introduced in 1959. That was back when computers were on like punch card systems. Literally. They're still using the same system that was introduced in 1959. This is, this is why we should let them run everything, guys. This is why. If you don't want them to run everything, then you just don't care about people. It's not for any other reasons because you don't care about people. States have not yet extended benefits to the gig worker economy, a key element of the rescue bill though some say they will do so in the coming weeks. The Internal Revenue Service is expected to send checks of up to $1,200 per tax-paying adult. What does tax-paying mean? Does that mean you actually ended up with a positive tax payment at the end of the year? <laughs> Starting in mid-April, but these may not reach all who qualify until mid-September from this <laughs> bill. From this bill. When the $350 billion payroll protection program was launched last week, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said small entrepreneurs as of last Friday could walk into a bank and get money. Okay. Instead, there's been a maze of red tape. Oh, my gosh. This is – I wish someone could have warned us about this. Lenders have complained about conflicting or incomplete information from the Treasury Department and Small Businesses Administration. Businesses say banks have not been responsive or limited access to existing customers. There is This has been a mess, one business banker in the Midwest told Reuters. The administration says $70 billion in loans have been promised to companies, but few here have received any cash. <laughs> Even Band-Aid emergency cash hasn't shown up. Borrowers applying under the SBA's disaster loan program last Monday could check a box to receive $10,000 as an advance on the loan in three days. More than a week later, several borrowers told Reuters they haven't received the money. Imagine that. <laughs> and this... This goes on, but that's where we'll cut it off. I mean, you can't even, this, this is another, this, you just can't even make this stuff up. This, this is a classic case of you can't make this stuff up. That's, that's what this is. Yeah. I mean, you're literally talking about, Hey, let's helicopter money. Everyone. Oh crap. No one here knows how to use a helicopter. And by the way, our, our helicopter died several years ago and we never put any money towards fixing it. 
And that's what we're dealing with right now. And then I can't even give away the helicopter money. That's that's what you're dealing with because the helicopter is broken. That's that's why. And it's it's hilarious. Like who? It's it's sad. Who comes but, up with this stuff? You know, I'm not one. I'm not. Yes, I am. Actually, I am this person. <laughs> I am one to say I told you so. <laughs> like, yeah. But, you know, it's so funny. This article says, oh, you know, you can't argue about the philosophical points and you can't do this and that. But the, the real thing is, is like we've been right this entire time. And if you need any more proof, I don't think you do. You could go that you don't need any more proof. But this is just layering it on for everyone out there that the government running anything, even fake money, even give, trying to give out fake money, they can't even do properly. Or efficiently. Yeah. It's just and, how in the world can anyone argue that we need the federal government, the almighty powerful federal government who's so benevolent and has everyone best interests in heart. How in the world can we trust them to provide health care or anything for that matter? I mean, well, it says one of the things, you know, you pointed to it again is the economist said this was not the time to argue philosophical points. What if one of the philosophical points was that this was not going to work whatsoever? What if that was one of the points? Then was it time to argue one of the points? Possibly. That's the problem. You get in these emergency situations and all the principle, all the logic, all the rationality, it all goes out the window. And then we're dealing with this. We passed a, a magic stimulus bill and they literally can't even figure out how to distribute the money that does not exist that they're just going to be charging back to the people in the first place. So it's, I don't know, I don't know, man. I don't know what else to say. It's, <laughs> it's just, uh, I don't even know if it's funny. It is like funny said, I mean, at talk, this point. Talk about healthcare. Like imagine they're running the healthcare system, Charlie. What yeah. would that look like? Yeah. Well, I know. So I, mean, I know like the, I know the VA or the department of defense, they're trying to move their clinical system over to Cerner because Cerner won the big contract for the department of defense. And so at least some of their systems are a little bit more up to date uh, well, actually, right now they're not. They're they're moving towards Cerner, uh, which is a, a healthcare software, a clinical software that's that's very good. A lot of major corporations use it, um, but and, and it's a very intuitive and brand new software. So at least on the healthcare side, maybe they're trying to move in that direction. But it, but they're still like ten, fifteen years behind everyone else, at least. You know, because yeah. Cerner's been around for a long time. Epic's another one. Cerner and Epic are the two biggest healthcare softwares when it comes to the clinical side of things, although they offer several different products inside of that. But at least the clinical, where the nurses and the doctors do their charting and where they do the medicines and all that stuff that has to be documented electronically. Um, but it still took the government several years to catch up. And, and I think it's like a... I don't know, 500 million or $750 million contract. And you know, they're going to spend at least twice that. So you're looking at, you know, 1.5 to $2 billion to move over to a software. It's, it was a good contract to get. Congratulations to Cerner. I'm a little jealous of that one, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, uh, but, but you know, it's like these types of things where no one thinks, no one thinks to say, Hey, we have been, you know, processing our unemployment off of a computer program that was first introduced in 1959. We built a custom product off COBOL 
And thank you to all you COBOL developers. I mean, you know, that was the original back in the day. You know, this kind of strong language, maybe impenetrable. I don't know if this is even on the <laughs> system um, anymore. <laughs> By the way, I don't know how to program COBOL. I didn't learn on that. But but anyway, a lot of people did. A lot of your old time But his grandfather coded in COBOL. Right. And that's how he got his start in the but, industry. But the thing is, is like no one ever, no one working in unemployment ever thought, hey, maybe we should update that. You know, just in case, just in case we have, you know, millions of people apply at the same time, or maybe we could save like a thousand hours of full-time employment hours over every single month. If we had an updated system that was more efficient, no, no one running this ever thought about that. You want to know why? Because they don't have to, they don't have to think about it now. All the, all the private businesses think about that kind of stuff all the time. They're like, okay, how do we be more efficient? How do we innovate? What do we do to be ahead of the curve? How do we beat out our competition? And, and this is what makes everything so efficient and so innovative for all the consumers in the private market is because to stay ahead, like, like uh, Jordan Peterson made a, a great example of when you set an aim, like you set a high goal for yourself and as you're moving towards that goal, the target moves because you start learning new things. Um, and then as your target moves, so you'll step, you know, you'll take like two or three steps forward and then you'll take one step back and you'll take two or three steps forward. But the whole goal is you're still moving, even if it is in a zigzag direction where you're going forward and a little back forward and a little back, you're still going towards the ultimate goal. And that's what you have to do even as a company. I mean, you see Walmart and Target and all these major retailers shifting because they've been doing the same thing for so long. All of a sudden, Amazon comes in and offers and steals a whole lot of customers because they're offering a better value with quote-unquote free shipping, free two-day shipping, although it's not free because you pay to pay for it. But now Walmart offers free two-day shipping. Target's doing the same thing. You saw this with the grocery delivery and all this stuff. You have to make those moves because the thing about it is, especially in business, not just life, but in business, if you are not growing, then you're dying. And this is why the average Fortune 500 company only lasts for 30 years, because people get stuck in their ways, like the government. This is a normal thing to get stuck in your ways, and then you come crumbling down. And the prop, the difference is with government is they never go crumbling down because they don't have any competition. They have a monopoly on all the stuff that they control, and so they don't they don't have to care about it until something massive happens like this. And still, who holds them accountable or liable? You know, like, look, I'm a little happy because I'm against bailouts to begin with. So if they never get it to work, you're like, oh, yeah, well, we passed this $2.3 and we just never got to hand it out. And now the economy's back up and running. Everything's fine. Good. Uh, you know, great. How awesome will it be if the government literally can't send out money because they can't figure <laughs> out how? That would be amazing. Man. It'd be I mean, like, I okay. Feel, you know, I, I feel bad. I know a lot of people are are planning on that. Probably a lot of people went ahead and took out credit cards and went ahead and spent the money because they thought it was going to be coming in. It's been seeing a lot of people braving the coronavirus while they're off work to go to Walmart and buy big, big flat screen TVs. You know, yeah. I don't know what if there's normal screen you know old style screen tvs pretty much all tvs are flat screen so that's it's really not uh does not something you have to say but they've been out there you know maybe buying their tvs getting some expensive stuff uh, planning on this money to come in so i kind of uh, partially would first off feel bad for them but then second off i'd be like hey uh 
don't depend on the government ever. Hopefully this is a lesson. Hopefully this is not a lesson in, man, I wish my benevolent dictator would have been in charge. I hope that is not the lesson, but we all know that's probably what the lesson is going to be. Well, so, because it's this whole <laughs> team aspect, you're like, well, if the Democrats were just in charge, all this would have been just fine. You know what? Just like the Obamacare, just like healthcare. you know, they said, <laughs> oh, by tomorrow, you'll be able to go online. It'll be so easy. You got all this set up for you. It's so great and wonderful. We spent a billion dollars on this website. And so you're just going to be able to go sign up. And what happened? Well, the website crashed. <laughs> Yeah. And not only did it crash, but they had trouble processing stuff. Even when they got it back up and running, all these people now look, the system's even worse than what it was before. It's like, it doesn't matter who's in charge. The government is always terrible at running these types of things. There is no instance. Someone has yet to prove to me in any instance where the government is better at doing anything. The only one that comes close is defense. But I would argue <laughs> we, we use a lot of private contractors anyway. Yeah. And so it's yeah. like, what, you know, and, and it's like the celebrities out there, they hire private security to follow them around. They don't, you know, you can probably go to your local police station and hire security for your different events and stuff. In fact, you do have to pay for it when you put on certain events and it, it requires police to be there, but it's like, they don't hire the government workers. They go hire the private people because they are actually held accountable. You know, the Supreme Court ruled that the cop doesn't have, they don't have to intervene in when a crime is being committed. They don't have to do it. So, but if you are paying someone out of your own pocket in a private company, well, they have an obligation if they want to keep making your money that you're giving them, they have an obligation to follow through on what they said they were going to do. And this is just, this is just more examples. And I don't know how, I don't know how many people need. I guess they need all the examples. Well, it's, they need every single example until we crash and burn. That's here's an example slash ab placement for you. We run a trading class, MastermindTrades.com, Liberty Trading Academy. Now, the last several days, I have been freaking out trying to make the website better. The website's good, but it's not perfect, so I don't like it. So I've been trying to make it better. Nate, now, Nate is standards that? is perfection. So yeah. he will live a long, dreary life of never being perfect <laughs> and die in That's a shallow true. grave. <laughs> I'll never be enough. It'll, yeah. I will never be enough. His the family, his family at his, you know, on his deathbed would be like, Oh, Nate, I love you so much. And he's like, oh, I'm just not enough. <gasps> yeah. Just not right enough. before his last. Breath. I wish I could have done better. That's that's what I'll say. <laughs> no, but so we're doing this class, and obviously you can voluntarily go sign up for a monthly subscription at mastermytrades.com. And I'm sitting here thinking that I need to make the website better, make it easier to use, make everything more efficient, make sure I'm doing a better job getting the information out there, make sure I'm doing a better job as a teacher on the class the whole time, trying to make sure that people will keep their plans. You know, if they like their plan, they'll keep their plan, and I want them to keep it. I don't want them to cancel. I want them to keep going through the class, and so I'm trying to make it better. I'm trying to offer more value all the time, and the difference is, what if, tell me what would happen to my class, to our class, if I could get the government to pass a law that said you have to sign up for my class. Now, imagine there was a law or there's a regulation that said you have to sign up for this class, or even if you didn't, I could 
get into your bank account and take out the money to sign you up for the class, whether you wanted to be there or not. Now, tell me whether or not I would be sitting here fretting, staying up until midnight, 1 a.m., and then getting up at 5.30 every single morning, trying to make the website better and trying to make sure that I'm trying to produce more value for everyone. Why would I do that? Now, a, a great, perfect, virtuous, altruistic person would do that regardless of whether or not people were being forced to be there. Even if people were being forced to be there, they would still want to make sure everyone was getting the best, the best value they could possibly get. And so... You're right. If you want to rely on every part of your life always being controlled and making sure that our elections always elect perfect and virtuous and altruistic people to always be in power, then maybe you can rely on that idea. But other than that, what you want to rely on is people voluntarily making the transaction and my profit motive making me spend time trying to make the class better. Which one of them do you think has a higher success rate and a higher likelihood of happening over time? Do you think if the government ran this website that they'd be working to try and make it better if they could force you to put money into it every single month under threat of death? Or do you think that I'm going to do a better job putting it together because if I don't do a good job, you'll cancel? Which one do you think is going to make it better? Now, that same principle applies to every single thing that people transact money for. By the way, I'm, you can go ahead and you can say more roads and police and fire and all these things if you want to. But you don't have any proof otherwise. I was literally uh, going to fires and on a, basically on a volunteer fire department when I was younger because my dad was the fire chief of a volunteer fire department. So I would end up going to a bunch of the fires. Volunteer fire departments exist. So that's already a thing. We don't have to go through all the list of how all these things already do exist and they could be expanded if you didn't have the safety net. All that you need to know is under principle, would a voluntary transaction under threat of losing that money if it was a bad service make a better service overall or taking the money forcefully under threat of death make a better service to the people overall? Which one? You guys know what the answer is. It's, it's an obvious answer already and i you know what i don't it's hard for me it's hard for me to comprehend how that's not understandable i mean that basic principle there i just you know and somehow somehow we're on the losing side of the moral argument no we just don't care (laughs) about people we're greedy that's all it is that's why we feel this way that's why that's so crazy to me i just i don't know but you know what if you were worried that this would be the last stimulus package that the government would pass but couldn't implement have no fear (laughs) have no fear they've got another one that they're going to pass probably and they won't be able to implement it um this coming from newsweek also coming from one of our supporters on patreon which you can be one of those supporters on patreon suggest things that we'll do on the show like i'm about to do this coming from maurice one of our longtime supporters and uh this is coming out of newsweek so if you want to join in on patreon be part of the live show and discussion you can see our mean mugs on camera as we go through this stuff getting so pissed off throughout the day um and interact you can laugh at us because today's intro is hilarious (laughs) and those who saw it live could laugh and uh interact ask questions send us things like this next article that i'm going to read to you coming out of newsweek now i do realize newsweek is a little bit more right-leaning however (laughs) 
This is a verified source. Chuck Schumer really did say these things, so go look them up if you want to. This is uh, titled, Essential Workers Would Get Up to a $25,000 Boost, or you can call it a bonus, whatever, under Senate Democrats' New Heroes Fund stimulus. So Senate Democrats unveiled a proposal Tuesday that would boost the pay of essential workers on the front lines of the battle against the coronavirus pandemic by potentially tens of thousands of dollars. As much as $25,000 in hazard pay would be afforded over a period of time to those deemed essential, including employees in healthcare, drug stores, grocery stores, sanitation workers, truck drivers, transportation workers, and don't forget these people right here. These are so essential. Federal employees with frontline positions. You don't want to forget those. An example of those people putting their lives on the line, the postal service workers. Because there's nothing Mm. more dangerous than that mailbox, my friend. Now, they are delivering some packages and stuff like that, too. But, you know, they're, to me... It's just as dangerous as being a nurse right now. <laughs> you know? I mean, the packages aren't going to cough on them, so wear gloves. Yeah. Oh, but but look, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer said, "Quote: Not all heroes wear capes." <laughs> as if we haven't could, heard that before. These, man, oh, market's over. Could could these people be any more fake? Like, did Chuck Schumer not? I mean, he knew while he was saying that how cliche and stupid of a thing that was to say. And do people actually believe that he's truthful and honest when he's saying this? Not all heroes wear capes. Guess what? We don't have any heroes that wear capes because this is not a freaking comic book. Okay? (laughs) None of the heroes wear capes. Yeah. None of them because there aren't any. All right. I haven't seen any heroes in my lifetime wearing a cape, actually. Yeah. He goes on to say, for these Americans, working from home is not an option. Social distancing is not an option. The raise would be equivalent to $13 per hour and would apply retroactively from the start of the health crisis emergency on January 27th. What? Hang on. This thing started on January 27th. Did you know that, Nate? I did. I did not know that. Well, that huh. you know the um, the worldometer thing, which we didn't go through today. I bet everyone tuned in just to get their coronavirus oh, yeah. watch I, update. Well, we we didn't do that, that COVID watch. We do. Um, so the raise would be equivalent to thirteen dollars per hour. So this is now what everyone needs to realize is this is essentially a proposal to raise the federal minimum wage. That's mm-hmm. that's what this is. That and they're not. They're not going for 15 because that will trigger everyone to obviously see that this is nothing more than an, a, an attempt to raise the federal minimum wage. They'll, they'll obviously see that. But what I want to know is, I guess there's a few things I want to know. Number one, where's the money going to come from? Does it say how much this would cost in this article anywhere? I don't know yet. We haven't gotten there. I, I, don't, Lord. I don't know what the total is, but let me... Uh... Let me keep reading here. So, well, to, on that point, though, so basically from January 27th to the end of the year, so for the whole year, you know, if you work 40 hours a week, they're, they're going to pay you $13 per hour, up to 25000 I guess. Um, but healthcare workers could receive a one-time premium. So this is like winning the lottery. You could take it over time, over the year, 
you know, you can make essentially a $13 per hour job over the year, or you can get a one-time premium and get that upfront cash of up to $15,000 as part of a program to recruit and retain certain medical employees in fields experiencing shortages. The benefits would be applied retroactively for those already working on the front lines and to the families of healthcare workers who've died as a result of coronavirus. Quote, we are asking these workers to take on great risk. They should be compensated for it, for it, Schumer said. Quote, these Americans are the true heroes of this pandemic, and we need to make sure they are taken care of. They are there for us, so we must be there for them. Now, look, it obviously hits close home, close to home to me as my partner, my girlfriend, Stephanie, is a is an emergency room nurse in, uh, in a low-income area in downtown Nashville. And quite possibly, we contracted this disease. Uh, because she was exposed and we don't know for sure yet till we get the test back. However, with the symptoms that we've had over the last three weeks, she's had a fever for 22 days in a row now. Um, it's more than likely that's what it is. And so, yeah, this hits close home, close to home to me. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's like soldiers, you know, I guess if you go to a war zone, you get like a 200 or $300 a month bonus or something like that for hazard pay. Um, but you go into this field with all kinds of risks of getting all kinds of things, you know, tuberculosis or, or HIV. If you get stuck with a bad needle or something, there's all kinds of risks in this job to begin with. Now, I'm not saying that companies out there shouldn't, you know, increase pay. Like, in fact, I think for the job that nurses do, uh, they should make way more money than they make. But I don't think the government should print fake money to do it. It's just I'm against that 100 percent. Well, and they'll be what they're going to do is they're going to take it from the nurses paychecks over the next 20 years to give them the money right now. It's basically what's going to happen. We can't act like this is money that's not going to have uh, any debt associated with it that the nurses will have to pay. I mean, the, the taxes, they're going to have they'll have to raise taxes after all this. People have to realize that we're going to have a three trillion dollar debt so far this year. They're going to be racking up. They there is no there is no potential of lowering taxes anymore after this. It is not it, no one will see it as possible whatsoever. So the, the taxes will only go in one direction. The other thing that's bothered me on this is, is talking about the healthcare workers. They're going to receive the premium of up to $15,000 to recruit and retain certain medical employees. Now, wouldn't this be better done by the free market if we had a free market healthcare system where they saw that there was a high demand for these people and a high demand for the services that they are providing? that they would be able to pay people more to entice people. And, and also, if you worked inside of a free market healthcare system to freely raise and lower your prices as the demand and the supply of workers uh, was fluctuating. Instead, they're just still going to take the money from the people, by the way. The money to do this still comes from the people because people pay taxes. And if the businesses are paying for it, well, that's represented in the prices for everything. So the people will still pay for this. We're just assuming that the government taking care of incentivizing people in a certain industry is going to be better than the free market incentivizing people in a certain industry. And th this type of, I don't know if it's, I would say willful ignorance is what I would call this, because 
first off, you're like, well, I don't want health healthcare prices can't rise during this crisis. This can't happen. Okay, so to save that, we're going to forcefully take money from you and give it to healthcare workers. Problem solved. Problem solved, right? At least the actual dollar price of the healthcare didn't go up. No, we're just going to take more money from you in taxes. And if you're able to think logically about this, you will realize that you are still going to pay the same money, if not more, because as we know, the government does not do things efficiently whatsoever. And the private businesses would do a better job at doing this. So it gets frustrating. Speaking of healthcare workers, by the way, you see Rand Paul has now tested negative for coronavirus and he is volunteering at a local Kentucky hospital. No, I did not see that. As they are uh, overrun. Overrun. People lined up out the door, by the way. Did he have a false no, positive that, then? He said he tested positive two weeks ago, and then he tested uh, recently. Let's see, on Tuesday, he announced that not only was he virus-free, but he is already back in scrubs helping other COVID-19 patients in local Bowling Green. So just about an hour, hour 20 minutes away from us here in Nashville. Uh, that's incentive for a libertarian to get sick so you can maybe get cared for by Rand Paul. I'm not really sure if that makes <laughs> sense, but I'm not going to say I haven't considered it. Yeah. So he said, I appreciate all the best wishes I've received. I've been retested and I am negative. I have started volunteering at a local hospital to assist those in my community who are in need of medical help, including coronavirus patients. Together, we will overcome this. And he tweeted a photo of himself uh, wearing scrubs and also kind of looking like a scrub in this in this photo. Ho hopefully, as a patient, you want a scrub because that's what you're going to be getting. Now, if you're someone who don't want no scrubs, then you <laughs> might not want him to to work on you. But I, I know a scrub is a guy that can't do any healthcare work on me, and I'm not sure if that's what people are really going to care about. <laughs> When they go into the hospital. So. Yeah, I was going to see how far you could take that. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to keep going as far as I possibly could. I wish I had it on a button. I just started playing it. Scrub is a guy getting no love from me. Uh, did All I right. interrupt you yet again in this article? Well, I was going to finish it out with this because you asked how much is this going to cost? Well, Nate, we shouldn't worry about that anyway. But, you know, so far. Also, <laughs> I want you to know how these are going to be distributed. So the federal funds for this for the up to $25,000 per hero that doesn't wear a cape, those funds would be distributed to employers. And those, those employers would need to apply for the money for its employees. The federal agency that would be responsible for distributing the resources is yet to be determined, Schumer said. And a total price tag for the package is also unknown. But that doesn't matter because we need to get this money to the employers who hopefully apply for it. And if they do, then they can distribute it to their workers, however they see fit. And that's yeah. spend first, spend first, ask questions later. Right. That's the, that's the <laughs> mantra here. You know, yeah. and then and it, it's really a um, I don't know, I guess early to tell. However, this would be the fourth one and they're going to pass a lot more. But uh, Donald Trump, again, the, told you guys he's a liberal from New York now. Granted, he's done a lot of things that I've liked, and he's done some things that I disagree with. But, of course, he has no problem. He has signaled he's on board with another round of direct relief for Americans that they can't get. So Trump said on Monday that the idea of providing more checks is absolutely <laughs> under point, like, sure, serious consideration. Sure, let's do the direct relief. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. I'll yeah, sign whatever. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. When are they going to get the again, money? 2030? Okay, I'll sign it. Yeah. I, I will sign it. I did the right the thing. I can't help that no one paid it. I signed it. I signed it weeks ago. They should have. They should have just got it 
got the money in the hands and we Dude, wouldn't have had this strategy to pass the bill so we could say pass the bill. Right. But then it's, it's set up to where it can never be paid out. <laughs> it's perfect. That would be great. <laughs> oh, are you going to um, so, talk about Bernie? Well, I have, we have this other article up here that uh, also Maurice sent. So Maurice, you're doing a great job on the show notes, man. We really appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks. Um, <clears throat> this is from the Huffington Post. Illinois mayor sends police to break up parties. They found his wife at one of them. <laughs> That's amazing. This is from, this is from Alton, Illinois. The, the Alton, Illinois mayor said his wife showed a stunning lack of judgment in violating stay-at-home. Now, he did this because he heard his wife was at the party, by the way. I'm, I'm sure that that's probably what yeah. actually happened. Oh, yeah. I'll show her. Uh, violating stay-at-home orders intended to stop the spread of coronavirus. The mayor of a small city in Illinois warned citizens that he had ordered police to break up parties and issued citations to enforce the state's stay-at-home orders that are meant to slow the coronavirus pandemic. Now, to be fair, that Illinois, they basically already had this in place anyway. They just walk around and randomly give you citations. And the, they just called it, and they put the word coronavirus on it now. But I'm pretty sure this has always been the case. But when the officers did so, they found his wife at one such gathering. They are very serious time, these are very serious times, and I'm begging you to please stay at home, Alton Mayor said to his wife. No, it says Bryant Walker said on Saturday, parents, please keep your kids at home, husbands, keep a track of your wives. No, he said doing so is vital to our health. On Monday, Walker issued a statement on Facebook saying police had found his wife at a bar in the city that was operating in violation of Governor J.B. Pritzker's stay-at-home orders. Walker said he was embarrassed and apologized to his constituents. <laughs> uh, what do you, you think she's going to pay the fine? My wife is an adult capable of making her own decisions, and in this instance, she exhibited a stunning lack of judgment. Now, that's quite... Nicer than what he was saying about all the other people. She will face the same consequences for her ill-advised decision as the other individuals caught at the event. But where it is, punishment is that you have to stay in Illinois. Walker did not <laughs> provide the name of his wife, nor was she identified in local news reports. Police told the Alton Daily News that officers broke up a party at Hiram's Tavern early Sunday. The owner was arrested on an outstanding warrant for domestic battery while others in attendance received citations for reckless conduct. He was caught banging the mayor's wife. <laughs> That's what it was. This is the whole the bar the whole owner. Thing. This has been set in motion a long time ago. So Alton is a city. Uh, they got 26,000 people located 20 miles north of St. Louis. But, you know, so, never let a good crisis go to waste. You know, know. He was just waiting for the right opportunity. To catch his wife in the act and, you know, that way he could put on Facebook that it was a stunning lack of judgment. Now, I don't know how you feel about this, man, but if you're the kind of person, and not to say this is what happened here, but if you're the kind of person that's going to call the cops on someone being out in the public, you're you're a piece of crap, okay? You, yes. You really are. Do you call the cops when you see someone speeding? Right. Do you call the cops when you see mm. someone have more than two drinks inside of one hour and then leave a bar? You call the cops when you see anything else like this happening. Don't abuse the tyrannical power that you have access to right now. Don't do it because you think you're saving people. Don't do anything. Okay? If you're worried about that, guess what? Stay within your own private property. There you go. Problem solved. Did they come onto your private property and cough on you? No. Then leave them alone. That's all I really have to say about that. Yeah, whatever happened to that old, old... Uh, I believe this was a 
I believe this was a French uh, prophecy or one <laughs> proverb. <laughs> proverb. Or prophecy, maybe. I prophecy, know. maybe too. It said something to, on the along the lines of "mind your own business." Yeah. <laughs> but it was in French, so I don't. I don't remember the translation. But it was like "visuanon sonwisfah." Exactly. Which, mind your own business is is how that translates into Louisiana speak. You know. It's Charlie. Louisiana, so that's that's him. Now that does mean he is qualified to attempt French. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Yeah. We all have to deal with it. Okay? Les bâtons roulés. <laughs> the good times right, roll, mother. We uh, we're coming up on an hour here for the podcast. Wow. Do you want to go through my email from Bernie? The time just want... goes by so I fast know. when you're having fun. One thing I want to tell people about is. Checking out the trading class, you know, we've been doing this. Every, I've been recording each trade live now, and I've been putting those up. This is live week, and you can also watch the pre-market live. I back-tested all my picks in the pre-market, so I went back and checked to see every pick I had made because I didn't trade every single one of them. About 96% accurate so far since starting the class on the picks. I've been telling people in the class every morning starting at 8 a.m., so that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I don't, you know, I don't think anyone's trading them yet because we got people starting from beginning, uh, and we're trying to bring them up to speed on everything. But if you are interested in learning a little bit about the market, what the heck's going on? What can you expect next? Uh, if it's getting bad, how bad do you think? How bad is it? Like, just how <laughs> bad could it get? It's pretty bad. It's pretty so, bad. <laughs> you know, we've been able to so far in the overall market. To be able to pick the bottom, and then we pick the major resistance point as it came back up, and then we pick the fact that we had a reversal signal signaling that yesterday was going to be a, a really good day, and uh, I think today most of the day was pretty good too. Uh, so we've been able to make uh, some good long term. If you want to know what to expect, if you're watching your 401k and you're like, oh my god, should I just get out of this thing? I wouldn't say that. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm not giving you investment advice, but you're already down like 35 percent. Okay, you're down 35%. It, worst case scenario, we get to Great Depression levels. It's just not going to be that much more. Warren Buffett's buying right now. I'm not going to give investment advice. Warren Buffett is buying right now. That's that's all I will tell you. <laughs> so we talk about stuff like this. Plus, we go over how to day trade. We're going one minute time frames. We're looking at. We were looking at five minute today. We're doing trend reversals. We're doing bounces off of important levels. We're doing all these crazy stocks. We were trading a stock that was up 175% to start the day today and still took it up further. So if you want to learn, start with the basics. Start from never looking at a charting platform before. If you want to learn, go to mastermytrades.com and check it out. Give her a shot. Give her the old college try. Better than the college try. We're not going to get drunk in the class or anything like that. Give it the old <laughs> out of college, I really should have paid attention try. Give it that one. <laughs> Give it the, I need to pay attention, try. Because yeah. look, it's your money. How do you want to manage it? It's yours. No one else's. You know, Aaron no one's gave going... us the French, by the way. Sorry. I know he did. I thought about reading it. <laughs> yeah, but no one's going to manage your money better than you will. Um, not saying that there aren't trusted advisors out there, but you should at least know what they're doing. So learn the basics. There's there's nothing wrong with that. I also like how Glenn said the next the next Netflix series is yeah, gonna be Alton, be Illinois <laughs> with with the story about how this mayor played the longest, 
game. He like he probably found out his wife was cheating on him twenty years ago. <laughs> and so for twenty years he's been playing the long game. He's like, I know a pandemic's coming. And as yeah. soon as it does, I'm gonna catch them. <laughs> I'm, finally the gonna, I'm finally going to enact a stay at home order on my wife. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna do. Now if the bar owner turns up dead, then we do for sure have a new series locked in. Yes. Right here. At least yeah. a dateline episode. At least. Do you want to so, go over this tweet to round out the show? I did you I think you might have made a Patreon only. Oh, special yeah, about yeah, this one. Um, yeah, we talked about this yesterday on Patreon. This was in the show notes for yesterday, uh, which we just we could not do the episode because of the pandemic and all that. Um, so this is from someone whose name shall not be pronounced. She says capitalism means I get charged $125 to cancel a $200 ticket by an airline that's being bailed out with my taxpayer money. So Charlie, is that capitalism? No. Okay, just checking. Not even close. And, and you know, we had talked about this a little bit because this happened over the weekend. And so you and I were kind of chatting about this thing. And you had responded to her. And you know, I know Twitter's short here. So you said, no, capitalism means airlines and air travel exist in the first place. And to expand on that is this woman doesn't even understand what she's saying. Like, first of all, like, what does it actually mean to fly through the air? Like, let's call her Layla. I, I don't know if that's right, but it looked L-A-I-L-A. Layla. Should technically be Lila, Lila in Queen's English. Right. So, Lila, like, try just – I don't. you can't hear me right now, but I wish you could. Try flying through the <laughs> air. Just give it a shot. Maybe jump off a building and see if you can fly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's I was wondering terrible advice off of a building. <laughs> but, but just see if you could do it just you know try flying and, and then if that doesn't work then try to figure out how to make it work because the fa- here's the real thing is your response to this girl Can- to kill herself no 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 i'm i'm going somewhere with this give okay. me a second here i'm going somewhere with this like capitalism actually means that you can fly through the air with statistical guarantee of never dying for only $200. Like it only cost you $200 and you probably, I mean, that's a nice picture she's got there. I bet, I bet she's probably middle-class. I'm, I'm assuming she's probably middle-class and she probably makes anywhere between 40, $80,000 a year. She does have a blue check mark though. So she probably makes more than that. I can, I don't know how many followers she has, but I bet it's more than I got right now at my state and stage at this stage in my life. And so if she makes any thing compared to what I make, then she's doing all right in life. <laughs> and $200 is not a whole lot <coughs> to be able to look. $200 is not a whole lot of money. Lila to be able to fly through the air. You're sitting on the chair in the sky. You are flying like you're flying, which is a miracle in and of itself. You're flying. It's I just, like, I'm just so amazed every time I see an airplane, every time I see one, and I live close to an airport, which is nice. Every time, I'm so amazed. I'm just imagining you I outside look, just staring at airplanes. You remember that video that the guy got so excited about a rainbow, the double rainbow, double rainbow all the way across the sky? Oh, my God. Crying. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, every time I see a freaking plane, I'm just like, how does it do it? Like, I understand how it does it because I'm I'm not an, I'm not an idiot. I understand engineering, 
but I'm just like, I can't believe somebody thought of that. Like, I can't believe somebody actually had the, had that idea and then put it to work. And now we've improved it. We've improved flying through the air so much that you can go somewhere. I don't know where she was going, but you could go somewhere for $200 and something that would probably take you a month somewhere that would probably take you at least a month to walk to let alone drive, probably take you at least five, six, you know, 10 hours to drive. You can literally fly there in a guaranteed, statistically guaranteed safe tube that someone else spent a whole lot of money on for you to sit in one seat and get there in probably just an hour or two. Like that's what capitalism means. They, I don't even care if they, if they wouldn't cancel your ticket for you, you bought a ticket for the experience of a god darn miracle. Like how much do miracles cost? Like can you put a price tag on a miracle? Can I they were going to allow just, you to become a bird for $200. I mean, that's pretty freaking great. Yeah, now look, I disagree with bailouts. Again, I'm against bailouts, I'm against death, I'm against poverty, I'm against bad education and I'm against expensive healthcare. I'm against all of those things, Lila. I'm against it. I'm against bailouts. But it's like you're not even we have become so ungrateful and we've be, we've become so accustomed to this ridiculous lifestyle for human beings. There's never been a better time to be alive that you're literally complaining that somebody who promised to fly you through the air for a mere $200, <laughs> you're mad at them because they're going to keep 125 from you because they promised. I, I don't know what else to say about this because I just, I, I can't, there's Aaron says not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> there's a couple, you know, I, there's, there's a couple other things that first off the government forcefully taking money from you and then giving it to an airline is not capitalism. No. So that's now it's government controlled capitalism. It's crony capitalism, which could it's also when, be known as ding, 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 fascism, fascism. You heard it. So first off, this bailout is not a representation of of capitalism. That would more likely be fascism or, yes, even socialism, where the government is taking money from people and they are taking that money and they are putting it into industry that maybe the government would be running in the first place. Where do you think your taxpayer money is going to go, by the way? Going to go in the different industries that you want the government to nationalize. So this is basically the government nationalizing an industry by forcefully taking money from the customers of, of this airline and giving it to the airline. And then you're saying that that's capitalism. That's not capitalism. It's not. It's capitalism that is controlled by government, that is controlled by people, because we decided that as long as our person was in control, that we were okay with the government doing whatever they wanted. And then it progresses and progresses, and it keeps going, and then it gets like this. And this is what it looks like. Okay, so this is not capitalism. You cannot blame a bailout. Forceful money taken from you and given to someone else from the government on capitalism that literally makes no sense whatsoever. It would most closely resemble all the other forms of government that she wants to live under. So that's the first thing. Secondly, you made a really good point when you were when we were texting Charlie that you didn't say just then. But even if we did have the air travel and the virtuous altruistic uh, dictators did 
allow someone to invent this. It would not. Okay, your two hundred dollar ticket would have cost you about a thousand dollars, or more, or not, or more, if it were not for the capital. Think about the difference between NASA, or as Jordan Peterson likes to call it, which I like, is NASA. Think about the difference between NASA and and SpaceX and SpaceX. SpaceX. Yeah, it's one of the Spice Girls, I think. SpaceX. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Or or look at the difference between the. I mean, we talk about this all the time in the Soviet Union when there was no profit. The automobile had a three times higher cost. It didn't matter if they weren't taking profit because they didn't have the evil profit incentive. There was no incentive for people to do a better job. This is looping back around throughout the entire podcast now, by the way. There was no incentive for people to do a better job, to become more efficient. And yeah, there was no profit at the end of the day, but there also was no incentive to make the production line cheaper ever. And so even though there was no profit, a car would cost three times more to make than it would in the United States for people to buy, okay? That, that's not better. So saying that uh, one person responded to my tweet and said, oh, yeah, like, like Sweden wouldn't have airlines. Okay, tell me where – it's not a coincidence that all this stuff was invented in the United States, by the way, okay? The Wright brothers, Henry Ford, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates – all these things, where did all this stuff come from? It's not a coincidence that all of these major inventions that have completely changed the world came from a system where people were incentivized to do a better job. That is not an, that is not a coincidence at all. So Lila Lalami, blue check mark, better check herself before her social airplane wrecks itself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And you so know, that's... look, she can still try to fly if she wants to. I mean, you know, if she's upset about her two hundred dollar ticket, you know, boycott the airlines and fly yourself. Don't that's ever what fly I say. again. Yeah. Don't 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 get mixed up in this, you know, greedy airline because they're so only, greedy. Only fly on Ethiopian Airlines. <laughs> which is probably still a profit-seeking corporation. I've taken several flights on Malaysian, on Ethiopian, on Etihad, on all these other planes. You know that on Ethiopian Airlines, they pump humidity, literal, they mist humidity into the airplanes before you take off because the people are naturally cold in the airplanes because uh, they're used to living in Africa. And literally, you sit down in the airplane, and there's these misting things putting a fog of water into the air so everyone will be more comfortable. I mean, I will take, I'll take freaking Southwest any day of the week, okay? I don't want you <laughs> pumping humidity into my airplane. Overall, they had good food, though, so I don't really know. Uh, from what I hear, people uh, around there, that they, they hope to fly all the time because the food's better. So. This is just to me a classic, just a classic example of ungratefulness. It's you, you, you don't even realize the world that we've built for ourselves. And you think somehow capitalism is to blame. It's like, no, you should thank capitalism that you got that you only got charged one twenty five to cancel a two hundred dollar ticket, which I don't even know is the case, by the way. Like what freaking airline did you book through? Because. Me and Stephanie, we had a flight booked. <clears throat> we had to go to Minnesota whenever all this happened through American, and we canceled. And, of course, they gave us crap because they don't like if you cancel. They want you to keep the airline credit. And we were like, well, we'd rather have the cash. And they were like, well, we'll give you 
20% more in airline credit if you just keep the airline credit because they want to keep their cash right now. They're bleeding cash, so they want to keep their cash. And we said, no, we would really like it if you would just give us our cash back. And they eventually said yes. And then they made the process really difficult. They were like, well, you've got to cancel each leg of the flight and submit a request for each leg for each person. So it took a long time, but they gave us our money back. Like what airline are you even booking? Lila? Well, let me tell you real quick. I went ahead and pulled this up. This article written. When was it? Uh, <clears throat> a week ago. Uh, from this is on MSN. So these airlines have axed all of their change and cancellation fees because of coronavirus. Let me just tell you what airlines have gotten rid of their cancellation fees, and we'll speculate wildly about what Lila uh, was flying on. Probably some private airliner that her dad owns, and he was just trying to be a douche and still charge her a cancellation fee. Um, Alaskan Airlines canceled their cancellation fees. American Airlines, Air France, Air Franc. Um, British Airways, Air de <laughs> Delta Airlines, Hawaiian Airlines, JetBlue, uh, Qatar, Southwest, United Airlines, Virgin Atlantic, um, and some other word I don't care to try to pronounce right now. So what airline was she taking, by the way? What, what I don't else? Know. Must have been Spirit or Allegiant Spirit. or... I don't know. One of those. Cheap, I mean, it was only a two hundred dollar ticket. That's a pretty cheap ticket. Yeah. You know, like most <clears throat> places I go, it costs at least two hundred dollars one way. You know, like if you're because a lot of times we like we're lucky we live in Nashville because we literally are. We're not the center of of the country, but we're pretty close, I would say. So it takes, you know, four hours to get to the West Coast and takes about two, two and a half to get to the East Coast. So it's not bad at all where we live. And it's like, even, you know, I had to go to a conference last year in San Diego, terrible place to go, by the way, that place was amazing. <laughs> and, uh, it literally, I think it cost me like 500 bucks round trip, which is, you know, really treat, you know, that would take me, Jesus Christ. It would take me three days in a car. If I had to walk to California, it's like six months at least. And so I can for $500 <laughs> for 500 little dollars of my hard earned money. That, that somebody can put me in a tube and statistically guarantee me that I won't die and I'll get there in four hours. And it's just, it's the, one of the most amazing things ever all for about 500, 600 bucks. And the most dangerous part about flying right now is the coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, <clears throat> yeah, you take all those, you've taken those Malaysian airlines and Ethiopian, those they've had more wrecks than um, anybody in the recent. I know I took uh, off from that. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the airport that that last one crashed, the Ethiopian Open Airlines, I was at that airport, um, I don't know, I guess it's been a couple of years ago now, and I was not surprised because I noticed when we were taking off last time that there was a crashed airplane from about 20 years ago that was sitting in between the tarmacs with weeds growing up through it. It was still there. Yeah. Literally You're like, oh man, airplane. I feel really good. How clenched was your butthole? Man, I was, I, <laughs> I, I was ordering drinks as soon as i walked in there <laughs> i was i looked like denzel washington in flight as soon as i walked into the plane <laughs> yeah so so look the whole premise to this just to i guess to wrap this whole thing up because we're coming back to the beginning here is like if you like capitalism is is what has afforded us to be able to do this in the first place and if you had some as nate mentioned some altruistic 
amazing benevolent government that would have invented flying for commercial purposes, um, then it would cost you it at least three times. So you'd pay at least $600 per ticket and they probably would never let you cancel it. Then you would have to have a license to fly. There would be all kinds of other things, other taxes imposed on it. It'd be a terrible run system. There'd be a lot more wrecks because they'd probably, you know, still be running 1959 planes in the year 2020, just like they are running 1959 Cobol uh, um, things or whatever. And you would never be able to cancel. And it like, if you could ever even get a flight, cause they probably wouldn't have enough flights. They wouldn't have, they wouldn't have invested enough. It's like you grossly underestimate like the world that we live in. Like, it's just unbelievably amazing. And w- the most disturbing thing about this, when you took the screenshot, at least it's probably more than this now is this thing had almost 36,000 retweets and had almost 200,000 likes. And you people make these little one-off things, these one-off sound bites that sound good. You know, capitalism means I get charged one twenty-five to cancel a two hundred dollar ticket by an airline that's getting bailed out with my taxpayer money. Like, what a what a great one-liner, and that people don't even take two seconds to think about the fact that you are bitching about the chance to freaking fly. You know that old Louis C.K. skit that he used to do. Sucks that he jacked off in front of people. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, and then, you know. You went there. Well, you know, look, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, as progressive as that guy is. Self-fulfilling. Like, you know, he's so progressive, he he ousted himself, you know, because he technically didn't touch anyone. He just, you know, happened to be whacking it in his bedroom, and some people walked in and they got offended by it. So anyway... Sexy's no longer really a comedian doing it while people were already in there that I can't remember exactly what happened. But anyway, the point of the story is I I think he is coming back, but, but Louis CK had this hilarious skit where, you know, he was talking about people complaining about their cell phones, you know, it's like, Oh my God, but this page won't load or my text message won't send. And his whole response to that was like, just give it a second, give it one second. This thing is sending a signal to space. It's bouncing off a satellite and coming back directly to your hand. Give it a second. Also, you can put some kind of <laughs> stupid emoji, LOL. And it's going to space. Going yeah. to space and back. Yeah. He's just like, give it, about flying. give it a second. He did say, you know, people were complaining about their flights getting canceled and stuff like that. He made the same argument. He's like, you're in a tube that's going to fly you through the air. I'm so sorry. Lila, that your flight was canceled. I'm really sorry that they canceled the fact that they were going to fly you through the air. You know, like, go try to fly. You're sitting in a chair in the sky, amazingly. Yeah, at 30,000 feet, no less. And you can still breathe normally. And, like, I just, it blows my mind how people look past that concept. We've We've become so accustomed to this ridiculous lifestyle in that it wasn't, a mere hundred years ago where, you know, half of your kids would have died. Lila, like a hundred years ago, you had 12 children because six of them died. And that way you had six kids to help bury you when you turned 50 and died. Like that's the kind of world we used to live in. If she would have tried to go wherever she's going a hundred years ago and she had a group of people, most of them would have died on the way there. Yeah. It would have been like, it would have looked like the walking dead. Yeah. Like there would have been a completely different cast by the time she arrived wherever it was that she was going. Most of the people would die there. Yeah. 
Okay. And now you just get to sit in a chair with with some sometimes cold air blowing on you and get these terrible, terrible crackers and this very small cup of water. And that's fine. That's fine. Because guess what? You're flying like a freaking bird and human beings can't do that. So gratitude. Actually, you're There's flying your faster than a bird. I mean, these like you're sitting in a tube that's going 500 miles an hour at 30,000 feet. Yeah. It's just it's in it's a freaking miracle like what are they what is capitalism going to invent next that's what i can't wait for like capitalism has its problem sure there's no there's no perfect world but jesus christ have some gratitude for a few things just a couple things that's all i'm asking for and that's all i got to say about that that's all i got to say right. man. <laughs> if you guys want to comment and hang out live check out the patreon i've been working Working on that Patreon, patron, patron a lot more this week. It's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. You can start for just five bucks a month and watch the podcast live. You can go up to $15 a month and you can actually get your own Facebook ad brand for whatever topic it is that you care about. As long as it's pro-liberty, as long as it's anti-death, then it's fine. Anti-force, then it's fine. You can run your own Facebook ad from our Facebook page. You'll just be sponsoring it. And we'll be running, getting that content out there. You can get a free Bernie Lies mug, which, by the way, Bernie Sanders dropped out. We have not even talked about that. That's why we've been in such a good mood today. Yeah. Ecstatic. It doesn't matter. I'm healed, actually, from my disease. Whatever I had, I'm healed. Honestly, I think this Bernie Sanders dropping out probably offset the coronavirus death count, I would say. <laughs> yeah. So it's and it's not I'm not entirely happy about it because you know Karl Marx has been dead for a long time too and people still talk about what he used to blabber on about when he was drunk so it's <laughs> it's not as if the problem is solved here but at least at least we're going to be hearing a lot less from him hopefully he can go back to his little senate cave and and talk about the same stuff He's probably going to look the exact same forever for the rest of our lives. I think he is immortal. He will look the exact same for the rest of our lives, saying the same stuff. And now we can just not pay attention to it because who watches C-SPAN? So who cares? <laughs> who cares, Bernie? Who cares? Uh, then hopefully he doesn't run for president again because four years from now, how old is he going to be? 80-something. He's already had a heart attack. The man should call it quits. Should call it quits. And so now it looks like it's going to be between – Old DJT and uh, sleepy, creepy Joe Biden, who don't even know a word yet. And this should be a really, really fun election. If you want to stay up to date on all of this election news, you should subscribe to this podcast because we are going to have the very best Liberty coverage when it comes to uh, this election. And just to give you a hint, you're all screwed. Doesn't matter who wins. You're, you're screwed either way. But it's going to be a lot Unless of fun. Unless we win. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of gaffes happening on the Biden side. I, I just can't wait. It just pay attention because it's going to be so comical what Trump says to this guy, especially when they start debating each other one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you know, in 2016, he told Hillary point blank in a debate that he would lock her up. And I think that helped boost his, his electability probably, especially with the, with the conservative base and the people who can't stand any of the Clintons. <laughs> If and, I were president, you'd be in jail. <laughs> and so, so just you know, just imagine what's going to happen when he when he fights fights when he debates Joe Biden coming up. It's just going to be it's just going to be fantastic. It's going to be like Tiger King. It's going to be TV that you can't make up. 
and uh, it's a very interesting time that we live in. So subscribe. I say all that to subscribe to this show. Again, like Nate said, go to patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty to get in on the live action. We have a lot of fun over here. I mean, these people are going to be on for a little while because we have a, we do a pre and post show. And so after I get done recording and I stop the button, we're still live hanging out with these people. And you guys don't get to hear any of that unless you sign up. Patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty and mastermytrades.com. That's where you go to learn about the market. We've got several class members in there learning all kinds of things, asking amazing questions. They're getting their accounts set up. They're doing all this cool stuff and they're understanding what actually is happening in the market. And you can do that for as low as $47 a month, which is by far the best value you're going to find out there when it comes to learning trading. So you could do that at mastermytrades.com. I like it, man. Yeah. You guys do all that stuff. Leave us a rating and review. The algorithms reward people with good ratings and reviews and more ratings and reviews. They will reward that when someone searches politics or political or news or, judging by today's episode, hilarious or insightful. If someone <laughs> searches those things, then we will be one of the first people to pop up when they search. And don't you want us to be one of the first people that pop up? If you don't, then don't go leave a rating and review. If you would rather messages like this not get out in front of more people, then do not leave a rating and review. You're doing the proper thing by not leaving the rating and review. Good job. You nailed it. Okay. But if you would like the message to get out in front of more people, then you want to go leave that rating and review. Five stars if you think it's worth it. Don't pay attention to anything I just said if you don't. And, uh, yeah, Charlie. Man, you take, nailed them on that uh, reverse psychologies there. I did some. I pulled some reverse psychiatry on them. Where'd you, where'd you learn that at? Well, I learned it down in Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I heard. I heard him say Oklahoma when he was out in front of the Oklahoma State Building, and uh, he was talking about how Carol Baskins was taking him through all them different lawsuits. And and Carol, I'm coming for you. Okay, just don't play this tape. At my hearing. Just don't play this <laughs> tape at my hearing. I'm joking, okay, but I'm coming for you. All right. They know I'll I wouldn't do that. Down. They know I wouldn't do that. All right. If you guys do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow, hopefully, unless I'm dead. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. It really goes for every day.